Maison Mission. I'm Kevin, and I'm really glad that you've tuned in with us today. Uh, Maison is a Greek word that means greater. Maison Mission is all about creating greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. Just a couple of announcements before we get started. Um, next week, we're back for Maison Live at First Christian Church of Gainesville. We're going to be continuing our series, Virtue Signals. And uh, we'll have our good friend Drake Cromer Moore sharing the message with us. So you'll definitely not want to miss that. Also, the uh, Belong, Believe, Become t-shirts are out now. They're $10. You can get yours at that next Maison Live next week. Um, uh, they're $10. We can, can accept cash. There's also a QR code that you can scan, and that'll take you to online an online payment system for the shirts. Um Okay, this is kind of a big ask. We need some help in our kids' ministry area. If you haven't noticed, we have a lot of little littles running around when we have our live meetings. Um, almost as many people as, as are in the actual live meeting, we have kids. And so we need some help with some volunteers to help with our kids' ministry. Um, it's an incredible way to pour in to the next generation and just to show the love of Christ to our families here. If you'd like to help, even just once a month, you can sign up on the Digital Connect card with the QR code that's on your screen, or you can send an email to Miranda West uh, at Miranda at MaisonMission.com. Last thing is this. Uh, at the last live, we shared a meal together, and it was awesome. We had about 40 people stay after and eat some awesome taco bar foods that the Thompsons had prepared for us. Uh, we're going to do it again next week at live. We're not sure what the menu is quite yet, but it, I'm sure it's going to be awesome because those tacos were great. I'm sure whatever they're going to prepare is going to be fantastic. Um, there is a suggested donation of $5 per person, and it... Um, it tops out at $20 per family, um, which is still better than anything that you would pay to go out to eat afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a great time. So we want to invite you out to that. Hang out after live with us, share a meal, get to know some people, have some conversation. It's really going to be a great time. Um, today, I am excited to introduce our guest speaker for this week's House Church program. Joe Smith is the pastor at Shift Church here in Gainesville. And we really, we really just can't wait to hear what he has to share with us this week as he continues in our series, Virtue Signals. say that we're living in an age of uh, perpetual offense. And I would only push back on that uh, slightly. Like we have always had Karens. And if you're watching this, I'm sorry that your name, if your name is Karen. Uh, but the thing that's different today is that we have things like social media to blow it up, right? So for instance, on TikTok, if you uh, go and search the hashtag Karens of TikTok, it has 2.9 billion views, 2.9 billion view billion but people uh people have always gotten offended right it's just that um we didn't have cameras with us uh 24 hours a day to film all of it so like me personally you know being gen x not growing up and with all that stuff i can't tell you how many times that i have personally offended people over the course of my life uh so many for example one of the very first times i remember it uh i was a teenager 
and I had a Sunday school teacher and she once told me in the class that I would go to hell uh, for dating a non-Christian. And so I just calmly looked back at her and said that I would save a seat for her. And she was completely offended. Or the time that I worked at Orange Julius Dare Queen in a mall. Now, I don't know if you guys have that, if we have that here in the South. I haven't seen one. But Orange Julius are like fruit juices and smoothies and stuff like that. And then Dare Queen, we didn't serve the food. We just served the ice cream. Well, a gentleman came up to me one time and, and I was looking at the menu. asked him what he would like and he ordered a, a, a Dairy Queen hamburger, even though it's not on the menu. And I said, well, I'm sorry, sir. We don't, we don't actually serve those. We just serve the treats. We have Orange Julius hot dogs. And he was like, no, I want a Dairy Queen hamburger. I said, sir, I'm sorry. We don't sell those. You can have a hot dog or ice cream or a drink. And he looked at me all serious and said, and you call yourself Dairy Queen? And I looked back at him and I said, no, I call myself Joe. Uh, he, was, he was really angry. He didn't order anything. So I think, I think that the biggest difference, besides the idea of social media, I think the biggest difference between what we've always seen and today is that so many are always looking to be offended. And if you're always looking to be offended, you're always going to find what you're looking for. And then add to that, once someone is offended, we have this thing called cancel culture. Now, what I'd like to do really quickly is explain what I mean when I say that, because cancel culture is a suitcase term, which is just simply something where anybody can put anything into it that they, definition that they want. So some people use that term when actually they're just being held accountable. Like if I say something really problematic and then people call me out for it and I lose something because of my behavior or what I've done, that's not being canceled. That's just being held accountable for being a jerk, right? Being canceled is offending someone that is looking to be offended and being held accountable for something that isn't necessarily problematic, but just simply offends someone else. And that is a problem that we face today, regardless of your political ideology. So the question for us today that we have to navigate, that we have to walk through, is, is how, do we, how do we get in between the tension of those things, right? Like, as people following the way of Jesus, how do we continue to honor people in this cancel culture? So I'd like to welcome you to Maison House Church. Kevin said it before, my name is Joe Smith. I'm the lead pastor at Shift Church here in town, and some of you know me and others don't at all, but I wanted to tell you that Shift loves Maison. We love what you guys are doing. We love serving the city together and the relationship that we built, and we're looking forward to many years of this partnership and wherever it's headed. Uh, last week, uh, Kevin kicked off a series uh, that we've titled Virtue Signals uh, with an overview of the next several weeks. And today, this week, we're looking at the idea of how to honor each other in our current culture. And let's be let's be honest. Let's be real. It's this idea is is horrible sometimes. Like it's just not easy. And and uh, at, at shift, this is something we talk about all the time. And I believe that this is what Jesus is talking when he when he's teaching in Matthew's account of of his life. It's in chapter seven and part of a larger teaching that's titled uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And he's talking about how we treat each other and uh, how we treat others 
the way that we want to be treated, which is often referred to as the golden rule. And right after that, he, he then proceeds to talk about this narrow road that few will find because it's hard and a wide road that lots of people will find and it, because it's easy and it leads to destruction. And we say this constantly, the golden rule is the narrow road. Uh, how we treat others leads to either that narrow road or the wide road. And treating people one way leads to a hu human flourishing, but then treating people a different way, um, the opposite way, leads to destruction. And just so we're understanding each other, I'm not talking about some far-off destruction, like some divine destruction. I'm talking about destruction in the here and now, today, in our culture around us. So I think that the real question that we have to dig into is how, right? Like how do we treat people to find that narrow path? How do we honor each other in the here and now? And so what I wanna do is I wanna take a look at a story that's found in Luke's account of Jesus's life. It's, uh, it's, it's found in chapter 14. And what's going on is that we see that Jesus has been invited to this uh, fancy schmancy dinner at one of the Pharisees' house. Uh, he's part of, a Pharisee would have been part of the religious uh, ruling body, religious elite during that time. And in the midst of all of that extravagance, the, the, you know, the huge meal and everybody, all these guests of honor coming and sitting around this table, uh, off to the side, I just picture it in my head, off to the side is this person of low means. And this person is, is needing healing. And none of the religious leaders that were at this opulent dinner did anything about it. Now, that's a whole other sermon, a whole other talk for a different day. But instead of seeing the human in need, all the religious leaders saw was uh, the positions around the table. And so they started jockeying for positions at a table. Uh, and that's where we pick up the story in verse 7. And Jesus sees all this, and this is what he says. When he noticed how the guests pick the places of honor at the table, he told him this parable. Uh, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat, then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when, but when you're invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. Now here's, here's, the, here's the center part of it. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. First, before we move any further, I think one of the things that's really wise anytime you take a teaching of Jesus and you pull it out is that we have to remember that this teaching is within a larger teaching that Jesus is giving on the kingdom, right? And we also have to remember the context of when Jesus starts saying these things, right? So he's at this fancy smancy dinner, right? The whole place is surrounded with the religious elite. Now, we like to say the religious elite and that has a certain negative connotations, but if you were then and there, then we're talking about the pastors of your church, right? So we're looking at all the pastors of the local churches and they're getting around this table. There's a poor person over here that's in need being ignored and the religious do absolutely nothing about it. So that's the context of this teaching. So what we can't do is just pull this out for some surface level reading just to make us feel good about our positions. 
So what I want to do is I want to take a little bit of time to dive just a little bit below the surface and find out what's really happening here, okay? So Jesus notices how all of these guests are fighting for position around a table, right? Uh, they're actually, what they're actually doing is competing with each other to get better seats because the better the seat, the better your position, right? That The closer your seat to the head of the table, the higher your status would have been seen within those at the table. And it really shouldn't surprise us uh, that the religious elites are more worried about their social status than they are about people in need because we see that every stinking day. And as, you know, a church that is uh, who we are, which is much like Maison, a church, um, you know, for the spiritually homeless, um, we experience that all the time. And so what the religious leaders are doing is that the religious leaders uh, dishonored that person, that poor person that needed help, and they dishonored themselves by fighting for those seats. So just, to, just so that everybody understands, to dishonor someone is to treat them as ordinary, right? As less than. If you look in the New Testament, the word dishonor in the Greek is the word atimos, all right? And it means to dishonor. It means to treat as common or ordinary. And so by ignoring this person that was in need, clearly in need, by ignoring each other, right? Fighting for those seats at this table, they were emptying other humans of their God-given value, all right? And so Jesus sees what they're doing, right? He looks beyond just this idea of them playing musical chairs around this table and understands that they're dishonoring each other. And so then he then tells this story to his followers and he's telling them that if you're invited to a place like this, I don't ever want to see you guys doing this. Instead, what I want you to do is I want you to take the seat that's furthest away from the head of the table, right? Take the lowest position. And then if you're asked to move up, then do so. Now, if we just take that teaching and leave it right there, like the teaching, I can remember this as a, as a kid growing up um, in, in Sunday mornings and Sunday schools and youth groups. And if we just leave that teaching right there, if this is all that Jesus is getting at, then all this does is just create this um, sense of false humility, right? Like I'm going to uh, almost self-abasement, like where I'm going to kind of talk bad about myself or I'm going to downplay things that I've done or I, I can't be proud of accomplishments because if I do that, then I'm going to be seen as I'm exalting myself, right? And, and instead, what we want to do is that you want to take the lowest position so that people will see you as worthy. And that's no different than what's going on here because all they really wanted was the praise of other people. And if all we're doing is creating this scenario of self-abasement or self-righteousness and um, look at me, then, then we're, we're gunning for the same stuff, right? Uh, like if I did that, walking into a big banquet hall and, and, and I automatically just take the seat furthest away from the head of the table. But then I can sit there pretty proud of myself for doing that because I know that people are going to see me taking that lowest seat and they're going to be like, did you see what Joe did? That guy took the last seat at the table. The further he is so holy. Now, as a high with a or as a, a three with a high two wing, um, in on the enneagram, uh, which means that I care very deeply what people think about me. Uh, I have done that. I have done that many times. I will do things uh, just so that people will think that I'm holy. Just so that everybody understands, and I'm not just trying to throw blame here. I'm I'm preaching to myself. And so what Jesus is actually doing is that he's the, the call from Jesus 
is much deeper than this idea that just some self-righteousness can produce, right? He's calling for them to honor. He's calling for them to value, to respect, to highly esteem others, to treat them as precious, to treat them with weight and with value, okay? He's not calling us to just pretend that we're less than. He's telling us to do so because the other we want to honor people to this extreme. Now, this idea is based on the Jewish teaching of kavod habriot, all right? And it means, literally means, to honor others. It means to respect others simply because, now hear me when I say this, it means to respect others because every single human being that you will ever come across, every person that you come across today and tomorrow, the next day, those people that you came across yesterday that got on your nerves, all right? Every single one of those people are made in the image of God. And all of those people, including you, we all carry inside of us the divine. All the way back in the creation accounts of Genesis 1, we see in those creation poems that we see God saying, let us make humanity in our image, which means the people that it's easy with, right? The people that we like, the people that we love, our friends, our family, uh, those that we choose to hang out with, those that we go grab a beer with or we go out to eat with. Uh, and it also means those people that we necessarily don't like. Uh, maybe your boss is a jerk. Uh, maybe you've got some people that live next to you that are those Karens, right? But all of that group of people, the ones we love and like, the ones that we don't and can't stand, they're all made in the Imago Dei, the image of God. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's using the whole example of what's taking place around this table, right? He's using uh, all of these people emptying themselves just to honor themselves, uh, emptying, dishonoring a person of, of, of low means that needed help. Uh, he takes all of that and he juxtaposes it next to the treatment of how we should be, of, of what we should be doing. And he's saying that this is not how you live out this idea of kavad habriot, right? When they ignored the person, when they when they dishonored him by treating him as common, when they did that to each other, they're devaluing each other. And as hard as it might be to take, that when we dishonor the Imago Dei found in anyone else, we also dishonor the God that created them, right? By treating others with honor, by treating others with respect, with, uh, respect and weight and the value that they deserve, not just the ones that we like or love, but also the ones that we don't, we honestly honor and bring value to God as well. We, we add weight to his name when we do that. Now, just a quick side note. I don't want anybody to misread this or to mishear me when I'm talking about this call to honor other people and even in those that we don't like or can't stand. Uh, the call to honor people, especially those that we disagree with, is not Jesus or the church or and never should be used this way. It's not a call to stay or go back into abusive or toxic situations. If any pastor or teacher or church calls you to go back into those things, that needs to be a huge red flag. And I would suggest that you find a much healthier place or person to worship with or, or to be underneath, okay? Um, so right now, this is what we're going to do. We've got this, we've got this teaching, right? We understand that Jesus is talking about more than just like this 
Um, Self-righteousness, where we're going to sit at the end of the table and everybody look at us like we're holy and worthy, um, that we've dove just a little bit under uh, what that actually means. So this is where that rubber hits the proverbial road, right? Because stories like this are all well and good, right? These are good stories. And, um, but if we just leave it where it's at, um, then we've, we've missed the entire point. So what we have to do is we have to take the wisdom found in this ancient story and see how it actually applies to us in the here and now in Gainesville or wherever you're watching this from in 2022, right? So whether you're gathered together with your house church or maybe you're watching this um, maybe for the very first time or, or you're watching this alone, maybe you can't be with a house church yet or haven't plugged into one. Um, if you're in your house church, this is what we're going to do. Uh, for the next few moments, uh, your house church leader is going to uh, walk you through a conversation, facilitate some questions, and we're going to dive into this idea of honoring one another in the time of our cancel culture. And uh, just as we kind of wrap these things up, you're going you're gonna to have a few questions and a time to discuss. I just want to say thank you guys uh, for allowing me the opportunity uh, to speak to you, all of you. And again, um, keep rocking and rolling, Maison. You guys are killing it. We love, we support you guys. Uh, we meet all the time. And uh, yeah, keep on loving some people, Maison.